Reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, and it reads, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You may be seated. We lead the Singles Ministry on Sunday mornings. I'm a Republican. And I am a Democrat. And, and because, because we follow Jesus, Jesus we, we are called to serve one another. All right, thank you, Madeline and Wayne. And yes, we have a big week coming up, don't we? Big week. And, uh, you know, last time, last week we were up here and we had a Browns fan. And what was that other team? Oh, that's a Steelers fan, and Pastor Eric settled it, and so we're, I guess we're tied again this week, and you need to know where your pastor stands. So, here we go. There we go. What are you laughing at? Well, must have grabbed the wrong shirt again. Oh, well, uh, I guess there's always 2020. And you can find out where we stand. But, you know, it is, it, we, we make fun of, of some of the divisions, but, but this, uh, this attitude of, of confrontation and polarization has just grabbed our society, right? We see it left and right, and we see it all the time. And uh, unfortunately, it seems like there is this potential, and it has seeped into the church. And we see the dysfunction at times of the world seeping in to the church, not just a church, but the church uh, nationally, the church globally. And we look and we say, that shouldn't really be the case, should it? We are a body. We are a family. And so that's why we're in this series and why we decided this was like an important time for this series, One Another. This, this one another that we read in the Bible is, a, is not just a statement of, of me to you or you to me, it's reciprocal. I to you and you to me. Last week, Pastor Eric said, love one another. Pastor Eric said it because actually the Bible says it. Love one another. And, and today, we move on to the next one another that we're talking about, and it's serve one another. The Christian church, the Christian life, the Christian experience is most lived out best if that's the right way to say it, in community. In community, not in dysfunction, not in arguing, not in, in, in contentious behavior, but it's in community. In fact, we have a core value here at Friends Church, and we say it's, we, we, we value authentic community. We value coming together, not dysfunction. We value family. We value the body of Christ. And I think it's really interesting when we see the introduction that, that uh, Anton read to us today from, from what Paul wrote to, the, to the, those in Galatia in verse uh, 13. He says this, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. Notice he starts off right, right off the, there with brothers and sisters. The family of God. Or as, or as Paul tells us, explains to us, the body of Christ. 
In the chapter before this, in chapter 4 of Galatians, he actually says, my dear little children, you're part of the family. Paul would say we've been adopted into a family, and we should live like a family. Now, now we know sometimes the dysfunction goes into families, right? But he says, no, we should, we should, we should be a family that, that loves one another. And, and that love, over the next few weeks, we're really expounding on the first week. We're really expounding on what it means to love one another. And today, he says, we're, this love expands into service. And this, this letter was actually written not to a city, not to the church at Ephesus, or not to the church at Philippi. It was written to the churches in Galatia. It was written to a region, a province. And even though they were separated, even though they were congregations here and here and here and here and here, they were all brothers and sisters. They were all part of the family. They were all part of the body. And so Paul's writing, he says, all my brothers and sisters, all my little children. And he says this, you were called to be free. Now, maybe not physically, because we know that they were still under Roman control. And much like as, as Seth was praying today, this is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Churches. We know, we know there are persecuted and, and Christians living in, in, in political bondage even today, where they go to church at the risk of their own body and their family. So this is obviously is not a physical freedom, but it's a freedom of spirit. It's a, actually, this whole book of Galatians is a book of freedom. It's a freedom from the works of the law and a freedom from the works of the flesh. And we're going to see this further out. In fact, he goes on in this verse 13. He says this, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. What Paul's saying is, you've all been set free. We today if you've, if you've turned your life over to Christ, if, if you said yes to him, you've been set free. And he says you've been set free from this, this law that has been so binding to the people over the years, over the centuries. He says you've been set free, now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? See, it seems like that some people thought this freedom was license. License to sin, license to indulge, license to take care and, 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 just, and just make me feel better. It's totally self-focused. Me, 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 me. Does it sound like people we may know today? I can follow all my impulses. I can follow all my urges. I can live it out because I don't have to. I'm not under the law anymore. I'm free from the law. And Paul says that's one track you could take. And that's one track that apparently some people were taking. He says, but actually there's, a, there's another track, and there's a track that I would urge you, and it's a, it's a track of not to indulge that, not to, not, to let your, not to let your impulses, your desires be what guides and directs you, but I want you rather to serve one another, one another. There's that reciprocal relationship. Think not of yourself, but think of the others. And they think of you, and we live together in this community we love each other. We serve each other. And then he says, how's it done? He says, here's how it's done. It's got to be done humbly, and it's got to be done in love. 
You say it's possible to serve somebody not, in humbly, not humbly and not in love? Is it possible to serve somebody with pride and arrogance? Is it possible to serve someone with disgust and indifference? I think so. And, and Paul is saying, look at your heart, look at your spirit, and what is it, what is it this morning? Is it, are you serving out of, out of humility, out of love? Or is it out of some other motivation? He hammers this a little more when he writes to the Philippians. The church in Philippi, he writes this in chapter 2, verse 3. At Philippians says, Do not, nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider yourselves, consider others as more important than yourselves. Hmm. Everyone should look out not only for their interests, but also the interests of others. The Greek word for nothing is medice. You know what it means? Nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. In fact, if it was a person, it would mean no person. If it was a place, it would mean no place. And when it's a deed, it's no deed. Nothing, nothing should be done out of selfish ambition. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? That's a pretty high standard. Nothing you should do should be out of selfish ambition or conceit. And then he goes on in that great chapter to give us this beautiful hymn of relating to us our example in Christ. Your, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who although, you know, he, he had every right to demand every, every right and, and, and position, he humbled himself and came to earth and humbled himself even to death on a cross. And that's our example in service. That's what humility means. I kind of wonder, what if Jesus had that me, me, me attitude? It's all about me. I got to do it my way. Where would we be today? Verse 3, note the interest of others. Others. It's not even limited to Christians. It's not even limited to just folks in the church. When God says a Christian is, is evidenced by their, their life of love and life of service, it's not just to a few people, but it's to all. Actually, Christ died for all, didn't he? If Christ died for all, wouldn't his love be for all? We are, we are as a body to care for each other, to love each other, to serve each other, and look out for each other's interests. Last, uh, last Sunday night, I was maybe like some of you that stayed up that late, was up very late watching game five of the World Series. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch much of the World Series, but I always like to see celebrations. Unless it's the Indians that are losing, you know, then, then I don't like to I turn the celebration off. But, 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 but in the, I like to see the celebration. And, and so it was about 11.15, 11.20, and I had my TV on, and... Um, it was interesting to see the, the, the celebration. The game had been over. The Red Sox, all their teammates had gathered around the mound. And, and the reporter was out there. And she grabbed the player. When she grabbed the player, his name was Mookie Betts, an outfielder for the, uh, for the Red Sox. And she, said, she grabbed him over and said, I want to talk to you. And he, he came over and they started talking about the game a little bit. And she pointed out to him what he probably already knew, that until he hit a home run, in, game, in, in the sixth inning of that game, he had been 0 for 13 
in, in, the, in the three games in Los Angeles. She says, she started off with that. She says, you know, you were 0 for 13 going up to that bat. In fact, in the 18-inning in the game, two nights before, he was 0 for 7. How'd you like to go home after being 0 for 7? I'd be, yeah, just not feeling real good about that. And, and, and she says, you're 0, what were you thinking? And, and I had to write this down as soon as I heard it. He said this, they picked up all the slack I left. That's what a team does. They picked up all the slack I left. That's what a team does. I quickly jotted that down and thought, the church, the community of believers, the body of Christ, isn't that what we're called to do? When we serve, we we need to pick up the slack that others at that moment leave. Maybe for one reason or another, maybe because they can't, maybe because they're not able, maybe because they neglected it, maybe they were just in a, had a bad day. But as the body of Christ, serving is together, picking up the slack. Because that's what a body of Christ does. That's what the church does. We serve one another. As I thought about that, I said, you know, you either get, you either pick up or you get picked up. <laughs> you either pick up or you get picked up. And I think that's the way, there are many of us around, who are you picking up? Who are you looking around and they're leaving some slack for one reason or another? And you say, hey, I can help pick them up. But there's some of us, like Mookie, who need picked up. <laughs> Sometimes we go through things and we can't do what we're doing and, and, and people come along and they pick us up. So I encourage you this morning, either, either pick up if you can or be picked up if you need to. Let someone pick you up if you need it. Let someone put an arm of encouragement around you. Let, help, let someone who has a heart for your mourning to come alongside and weep with you. That's what service is all about. When we're powerless, folks who can intervene do that. Because Christ did that for us in Romans 5, 6. It says when we were still power, when we were powerless, Christ died for us. When we could do nothing about it, he picked us up. He served us. Paul goes back to this and picks up a little more on this in Galatians 5, 14, the next verse. He says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping the one command... Love your neighbor as yourself. Here Paul quotes Jesus, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and then the second like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. But actually Jesus was quoting Leviticus 19, 18, the law when it says love your neighbor as yourself. It's nothing new. It's gone from, from the law to Jesus and now to Paul and now to the people there in Galatia who are hearing this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we probably have, and they probably had the same question that the expert in the law had in Luke 10 when he came to Jesus. Who's your neighbor, right? Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Jesus, or yesterday, Yesterday I had the opportunity, Sheila and I had the opportunity to, for several hours, be at a solidary Shabbat, Shabbat service at uh, B'nai Hezurun down in Pepper Pike. It was an opportunity to uh, worship, to, to be with, to pray with our friends of the Jewish faith who were devastated in so much devastation over the past week. Um, yesterday, they were our neighbor. Yesterday, neighbors came from 
Sheikh faith, from Islamic faith, from all, many, many backgrounds, many nations, and together offered up prayers of love and encouragement, put our arms around a community that is devastated, a community that is scared, a community that needs someone to show them love and to serve them. So yesterday, a service was simply going and being there and being part of that community. Who's our neighbor? Who's our neighbor? You know, I notice in that Good Samaritan story, if you remember it, Jesus doesn't tell us what the excuses were. (laughs) He doesn't tell us why the Levite and why the priests passed by. He just says they passed by. I think it's because, really, he wasn't interested in hearing their excuses. And sometimes I wonder how he feels when he hears our excuses for not serving, our excuses for passing by. We're too busy. He's a foreigner. I'm no EMT person. I lack the resources. I got to get somewhere. What's our excuses for not serving? What's our excuses for not being part of the body of Christ the way he's called us to be? What's our excuses for not picking up somebody who needs picked up? I don't think Jesus is interested in hearing their excuses. We spend a lot of time saying, well, why didn't they do it? Why didn't they do it? We think of the excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. One excuse could be, hey, I had a hard day at work, right? One excuse could be, uh, my, my work night went really, really late. In fact, do you remember Mookie Betts? I talked about a few minutes ago. He actually got his name in the paper a few days earlier. After game two of the World Series, which ended in Boston, and you know these games, they end at between 11 and 11.30 at night. He went home, and they had won the game. They were up 2-0. He had family in, and so the family had gathered, and they're Dominican, and so there was, and there was all this Dominican food. It had been catered in, and there was these, these big metal containers or aluminum containers of food, and he quickly, they quickly realized there's no way we're going to eat all this food. And so at 1 o'clock in the morning, after playing in the World Series game that night, Mookie Betts and his cousin went down to downtown Boston to the public library, sat down, and put the food for the homeless. Here's a picture that was taken by somebody that, of the food. Um, somebody, no, none of them recognized Mookie. They had no idea who he was. But somebody coming out of one of the clubs uh, was walking by and said, hey, that's Mookie Betts. And so he started to attract some attention. And when he did that, he said, no pictures. And he said, as soon as that happened, he left. But here is what he left behind. One o'clock in the morning, after playing a World Series game, I don't know that I would have been where my head was. The fact that I had excess might not have been my biggest concern. It might have been getting to bed and getting some sleep. It might have been just celebrating the big victory. Who are we blessing? And you never know who's watching. Somebody was watching here, and someone caught him in an act of kindness. You never know who's watching. I'm going to tell you a story, and and please, I I, I say this humbly. Um, But I I was caught one day, and I'm glad I was surfing. (laughs) It was was our our first day of our conference with our Latin American pastors conference. We had all our Hispanic friends. They were arriving Thursday, and I was out in the hallway here, and Dave Byrne was introducing me to everybody. And he was introducing me to the, to the, uh, to the pastors and the leaders and what country they're from and what, 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 maybe what state they're from. And so they were serving 
And, and, and I was out there just greeting them. And I was standing there, and finally someone came out of the men's room. And they said, there's no paper towels in the paper towel dispenser. And I'm sitting there. I was so disgusted. So how can that not be? How can that not be paper towels, paper towels, Spencer? Fortunately, I had my keys with me. I'm standing right next to the closet. I open up the closet. I see the key for the little dispenser, and I see a big roll of paper towels. I get it. I walk in the room, and I open it up. And well, you know, it it was full. It would just come off the rollers. You know, sometimes they come off the rollers. And, and so and so I told the man, the guy there, oh no, it's here. I said it just needs to get back on the roller here, and I left it there and walked out. And, um, you can imagine my surprise when the service started, and we do the singing, we do all of that, and then we're just getting ready, and, and, the, and, the, and the guy that comes up to be the keynote speaker <laughs> was the man that was in the bathroom, who I'd been introduced to a little bit ago, but no one told me he was the speaker. And our topic was, and I, my Spanish was terrible, it's siempre siervos, always servants. And so I plugged in my radio with my headphones so I could hear the translation of what they were saying. Imagine my shock when he starts off with the conference of Siempre Siervo with a story about how he'd been in the bathroom. (laughs) And the pastor of this big, beautiful church had served him. I was so grateful he didn't hear what I was mumbling under my breath. when I thought our people had failed to stock the bathrooms. How can you do that? Everybody knew they were coming for two years. (laughs) (laughs) Grateful, grateful. Siempre siervos, always servants. Peter adds to what Paul says in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Whatever gifts. He doesn't say those with you, those who have the gift of serving. If you have the gift of serving, we should be serving. But he says, actually, whatever gift you have, whatever gift you have, use it to serve. Use it to serve others. That serve is not like a servant. That serve means to minister. It's the same Greek word that we get the word deacon from. Every Christian is to be a server, is to be a minister, is to care, each one of us. Each of you, no one gets a pass. He goes on in verse 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the very strength God provides, so that in all things, what? God may be praised, right? And all, what's the reason we serve? What's the reason we take care of each other? So then, what's the reason we go out and, 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 and share and, 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 and do the things that we do as Christians? So that God may be praised through Christ Jesus. The goal is to give God the glory. The goal is not to heap praise on ourselves. The goal is not to, to say, look what I've done. The goal is to give glory to Jesus Christ. But it's a, that's a lifestyle, 
It's not, it's not, it's not an event. It's not, we, a servant just doesn't say, okay, we got an event planned on, on, on October or November 12th, and I'm going to be there. A servant is, is someone who serves day by day, moment by moment. It's a lifestyle. And that's why Paul, when he goes on here in Galatians, he's writing, he says this in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Remember, he said, we don't want to indulge the flesh. He said, the only way to do that is to walk by the Spirit. The only way to do that is have God's Spirit in you, and day by day, moment by moment, walking with Him. Don't try this at home by yourself. <laughs> You've got to have the Spirit of God with you to serve humbly, to serve in love. Is there anything, walk, that word walk's interesting. Is there more, anything more monotonous, more routine, more dull than walking? How quickly I get bored when I walk. The average American, I've looked up this week, walks 4,774 steps in a day. I don't know how they count those, but that's the way it goes. But, you know, life can be, life can be monotonous and boring at times. But someone said this, it's in the mundane, not the heroic, that our character is exposed. It's in the mundane, not the heroic, that our character is exposed. What do you do while you're walking? What do you do in those 4,774 steps? How are you serving? What little things are you doing? What, what little acts of service are we doing? It's in the mundane, not the heroic. The um, Hebrew teachers actually had a, had a word for this. They, it's, it's, a, it's a word that, that describes their moral law as it's taken from the Old Testament, and it's halacha, halacha. It's, it's a code of, of, of what you should be doing that's been, that's been pulled from the Old Testament, and the actual meaning of halacha literally means walking, walking. Day, a daily walk in the commandments. Are we daily walking with the Spirit? Are we daily walking with God's Spirit and dwelling in us? And are we daily loving each other? And are we daily serving each other? Daily, hourly, moment by moment, serving each other. So important, Paul mentions it again in Galatians chapter 5. Down in verse 25, he says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Get in line. Get in line with the Spirit. When God says this person needs picked up, pick it up. Pick them up. Pick her up. When God says lend a hand, lend a hand. When God says show someone in need, reach out to them. Service. Service is a lifestyle. It's not a program. Serving others is a lifestyle. It's day by day, moment by moment. It's not showing up when we have our next outreach event and doing an hour's worth of a good deed. Service is moment by moment, a lifestyle. And we have Jesus as our example. Jesus came as a servant. Mark 10, 30, 43 through 44. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life. 
Back for some of us oldsters, we remember a group called DC Talk. They had a song, Love is a Verb. First verse went like this. Back in the day, there was a man who stepped out of heaven and he walked the land. He delivered to the people an eternal choice with a heart full of love and truth in his voice. Gave up his life so that we may live. How much more love could the Son of God give? Here is the example that we ought to be matching because love is a word that requires some action. Yeah, love is a verb. Christ came. He gave himself for us to restore that relationship. You know, when we look at the cross, that's what we see. We, there's always something interesting about the cross. When you look, there's, there's a vertical aspect to it, and there's a horizontal aspect to the cross. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ took the initiative. When we were powerless, he came to us and died for us so that we could have a relationship with him. He came to fix that horizontal relationship. But sometimes we forget that there's also the vertical relationship. We forget there's a horizontal relationship. He came also to bring us into his family, to make us brothers and sisters in Christ, that the love that he shared here we would share with each other. Every time you look at the cross, you got to think, thank God for what he did for me. And think about what he's called us to do for each other. There's a vertical relationship. There's, love is a verb. God came. Jesus came, and he did it. And he's called us to go out and serve others. People notice. People notice. I'm so proud to be pastor of a church that takes this seriously. You know, we challenge you and, and, and we call on you to, to take action, but there's so much that is done out of love, out of caring, out of serving. I have emails here uh, and text messages that I received from people after the Hispanic or Latin American phone conference. David Byrne, who organized this with us, wrote this to our office. He says, I, as I've been talking to both Willoughby Hills and Latin American friends about the event, I hear story after story of friends connecting in ways that affirm God's work in the world. There were host families praying together with their guests. There were hundreds of generous acts of kindness. There were fun times filled with laughter, and there was a powerful communion of the saints in the Spirit of Christ. Truly, both Spanish and English-speaking believers are accepting of the challenge of the conference theme, siempre siervos always servants. As servants of God, servants of each other, and servants of the world for Christ's sake. Thanks to you and all the believers there who showed their faith and love to strangers from afar. Dr. John Williams, president of Evangelical Friends Church International, texted me this. He said, just a note to say thank you. Willoughby Hills Friends Church hospitality was outstanding and sent an unmistakable message of unity in Jesus. One of the vendors who was here with us serving and talking with people, wrote to our office and said this, it was such a wonderful experience for us to witness the hands and feet of God serving these pastors and their families. From our vantage, it was easy to see that you all served out of the love of your hearts. And what a blessing, I am sure. It was for them to be so well taken care of so that they could rest, refresh their spirits, and be fed, both spiritually and physically. You know, this morning, if you look around, you might see some faces missing. Uh, 20 years ago, we helped, uh, we started, we planted a new French church in Chardon. 
Morningstar friends. Today they are celebrating their 20th year celebration. Isn't that cool? Yeah. They're, they're going from two services and trying to fit everybody in one service to do it. But enable to, and, but as we looked at that and, and we were talking our staff, for them to be, have everybody in the service, wouldn't it be nice if we could send people over to watch their kids? So there are 12, a dozen people from the church today who are serving over at Morningstar, watching children, so that they can be together in one service. Isn't yes. That's taking the scripture seriously. That's saying it's our job to serve. It's our job to reach out. It's our job to glorify God. It makes a difference. It makes a difference when Christians reach out. Not just to Christians, but when Christians reach out to the world. There was a, uh, not long after Christianity became legal, there was emperors that came along that tried to, uh, to, to, to diminish and to, to extinguish Christianity. One was called Julian. In fact, they called him Julian the Apostate. He hated Christianity. He did everything he did, could to, 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 to stop it in its tracks. And he was, he was emperor from 361 to 363 AD. And he wrote in a letter this, though. He says, these impious Galileans not only feed their own poor, but ours also, welcoming them into their agape, their love feasts. They attract them as children are attracted with cakes. Whilst the pagan priests neglect the poor, the hated Galileans devote themselves to works of charity. People didn't care who it was that were feeding them who were caring for them. They didn't care if it was the Romans or the Galileans. They didn't care if they were Republicans or if they were Democrats. All they knew is somebody was reaching out to them in love. Listen to this. Servanthood opens the doors. Servanthood opens doors because it's so unexpected. It's so unexpected. What are we doing to reach out? As you see here, and you see time and time and time again, that Christian service done in humility and done in love conquers evil every time. Always has, always will. Did you hear that? Christian service done in love, done in humility, done in, in, in love conquers evil every time, always has, Always will. Now you say, does that mean our persecuted friends are going to be freed right now? Are they? Uh, uh, no, no. That, doesn't what, that isn't what that means. In fact, if you believe the New Testament and some things Jesus said, some, for some people, being persecuted is part of being a Christian. But it does mean that evil, the Satan's plans, are defeated, are conquered when we serve, when we love. There's a book that came out a few years ago, you might remember it, it said, don't sweat the small stuff, and it, but it's all small stuff. I don't think that's what the Scripture's telling us here. I think the small acts of service we do are incredibly important. In fact, <laughs> Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Whosoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with very much. What little things are you doing? Yesterday when we were there at B'nai Hezron, however you say that, we were standing and at the time, um, there was a little 
It was a long service, and there was kind of breaks in the service. And the gentleman in front of us turned around, and he had his prayer shawl on, and, and he looked at us, Sheila and I, and he, I think he realized we don't belong there. And, and he said, uh, you, I'm not sure you, look, you don't look familiar. I'm sorry. Are, are, are you regular here? And I says, no, I'm, I'm actually I'm the pastor at uh, French Church in Willoughby Hills. And he says, thank you so much for being here. And he says, and then he started explaining to me, so explaining to us things that were going on. And he says, hey, here's what's happening right now. And he was talking about how they were marching to Torah up through the aisles, and the rabbi was following him, and it was time to greet the rabbi. And he said, you know, we're going to be doing some more stuff. And he said, if you have any questions, any questions about what's going on, just, just ask me. I'll tell you. That's an act of service, isn't it? How was the last time someone new came in here and you said, hey, let me tell you what's going on now? <laughs> uh, the music's done. We've read the scripture. What comes ne next is what we call nap time. Yeah. <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> That's an act of service. What's your little act of services? Is, is it to volunteer for some of the needs that we have in church? Maybe to volunteer in the community. Maybe it's to donate something you don't need any longer. Or maybe it's to donate it just because you know somebody needs it and can't afford it. Serving is being a friend. Can you serve by simply listening? Lending an ear. Take someone out for a meal. Or out for coffee. Or bring them in your home for a meal. Come alongside someone who's grieving, who's hurting. Offer assistance. Open a door. The list goes on and on and on. God's calling us to serve. John says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech with actions and in truth. So actually, I did bring, I did bring a shirt today. Um, this one was the shirt that was the theme of the conference, our Hispanic conference. Simply says, siempre siervos. Always servants. Always servants. Always servants. And I love it because in the back, it has the two organizations whose individuals met, here it has Dave Burns' uh, Coalition for Hispanic Ministries, and it's got our French Church logo on it. Always servants. Always servants. I think when we, uh, when we take that seriously, God's reached down to us. He loved us. He became a servant, like a servant for us so that we could experience life, but then we can go out and we can serve others. That's what it's all about. Can he do it in your life this morning? Let's stand together. Father, use us this morning. Challenge us. Lord, be glorified in our lives. make this covenant together. In my life, be lifted high.
Father, as we go this morning, um, we offer ourselves as servants to you and servants to each other. Lord, help us to um, get uh, away from that me, 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 self-indulgent attitude of the flesh, but to walk daily in your spirit. Lord, open our eyes to see what you see. Open our eyes to see the need around us. The, the person in our pew, Lord, who's struggling this morning that just needs an arm, needs a prayer, needs a hug. The person in our neighborhood that needs a meal, a conversation, a friend. The person in our school who needs protection, who needs a buddy. Lord, help us to follow your example. In humility and in love, to serve. And we'll give you praise as we go today. We give you the praise, Lord, for all that you're doing in our community, in our world. Lord, we pray for your watch over this nation this next week. We pray, Lord, for peace, for calm. Lord, we pray for sanity. And Lord, we pray that those who claim the name of Jesus Christ would shine their light brightly. For you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you go today, just quickly, two things. Thank you so much. Faith promise commitments are up to almost $170,000. So uh, you can still do that. Yes, thank you. There are faith promise commitment cards out at the guest services. Just drop them in the boxes and we'll continue to add to that. And, faith, and next weekend is Youth Explosion. And we need volunteers Please look at that, insert in your program. Either fill that out, go to the desk, be part of that excitement. Youth Explosion next weekend. You're dismissed. Go serve the Lord.